Uh, you know, Google will tell you how many people searched whatever phrases you're interested in. So the phrase church near me or any variation of that is searched on average in, in Georgia um, in 2023 about 41, 42,000 times a month. And just like with anything, you're gonna go with one of those top three in that, that local pack. So if we wanna reach those people, then we've got to show up at the top. When is the last time you were looking for a pizza place and we're like, let's go with number 17. That one, you know, let, let's do that. No, we go with one of the top three. We go with one of the top three, maybe number four or number five. Um, and so if I want to reach people online, I've got to be in the top three. Hey, friends, welcome back to the BoxCast podcast. You probably noticed from the last episode that I sound 10 times better. And that's just the miracle of drinking hot tea and eating salmon all day long, I guess. So I am so excited to have you guys back into the podcast Today, we have a very awesome and special guest. He has a spirit animal beard like I have never seen before. I'm calling him the red-handed John Cena. His name is John O'Long. He is with an owner of a company that is called FaithWorks Marketing. They help churches specifically with all of their marketing tactics, techniques, and needs. John O, welcome to the BoxCast podcast, friend. How are you doing, buddy? Yo, yo. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. I am great. I'm excited to be here. Really appreciate the invite. And uh, you are way too kind. Um, but I, I appreciate the compliments on the beard. I, I do work hard. Yeah, dude. It looks great. I mean, you're like, you're totally bringing that thing. It looks amazing. It, it's got to be Atlanta weather. Like it's got to be the Georgia weather. It's making that thing just like flush. Uh, actually, it, it's it's my wife's threats that if I don't keep it well-groomed, it, it has to go. And, and so... <laughs> I just I, I I spend a lot I spend a good bit of time on it, but I want to talk specifically about FaithWorks today, Jono. Like I we met you guys at the Assemblies of God General Council in early August, and we have formed a really cool bond. I am so stoked about this, and I know Boxcast. Um, if you are watching this episode, like you may be aware that Boxcast launched our sites product, which is websites for churches and how easy it is to configure and mold those. Links in the description down below. But, Jono, you specifically deal with the church world in marketing. And so I, you know, give me some detail, dude. Like, give me, like, the 30-second, the, the you know, hard sell of what you guys do at FaithWorks. Yeah, so I guess the, the elevator pitch would be that uh, we, we're committed to help churches get new guests every Sunday morning. And so we use social media, uh, social uh, social media ads, uh, Google ads, and search engine optimization to get people to sign up to plan a visit. And and we we work in some automated follow up uh, that goes along with that when people do sign up for a visit. So at the end of the day, we're trying to help churches grow. Yeah. Okay. That's and literally, literally. I mean, that's kind of our mission, right? Getting to spread the word. So I yeah, am sure. totally about that. Boxcast is devoted to helping churches and their community as well. And I really think that we're a good fit together. That's why I wanted to bring you into the podcast. So let let's go into some of this, man. How like I know from previous conversations, and I've I've literally stalked you all over the place trying to get more information about who you are and what you do cool. and like what you where you started. I know you were a former youth pastor up until like three years ago. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, like I'll, I'll try to make this brief, uh, but just backing up, I uh, became a youth pastor when I was 19. I went to Bible college, went to seminary, was a full-time youth pastor for a long time. Fast forward to 2012, we had four biological kids. We decided, hey, um, we're youth pastors. We got plenty of money. We're so loaded. Uh, let's adopt a child 
and spend forty thousand dollars on that. So we did that, and uh, uh, but we realized quickly, like, oh wait, no, youth pastors don't make very much money. What can I do to make some extra cash? And you know, I had a Bible, uh, I had a degree in biblical studies and a master's of divinity. There's not a whole lot you're going out and doing with that, except working at a church or teaching at a seminary. So working with students, I knew social media. This is, uh, you know, this is 11 years ago. A lot of businesses had social media, but they weren't really doing much with it. And so I went around to a bunch of them uh, in our local area, just anybody who would pay me. And I said, hey, um, I'm, a, I'm a social media expert. A um, little bit of an exaggeration. But um, four of them said yes. I, I said, hey, give me 300 bucks a month and I'll post three times a week for you on your social media. And they're like, yeah, here, take it. And uh, so before long, a few of them are, are saying, hey, well, can you build websites? I'm like, uh, I'll go watch some YouTube videos and figure it out. So build some websites that, you know, business owners talk uh, pretty soon. One of them comes to me and they've, you know, fast forward a couple of years. It's like 2016 at this point. And somebody's like, hey, you built me this website, but I need to show I needed to show up at the top of Google. Do you know anything about SEO? I know, like, but I'll go watch some YouTube videos and figure it out. So did that same thing with Google ads. 2018 comes around. I'm approaching 40, not quite as patient with teenagers as I used to be. Um, the, the marketing stuff has become my primary source of income. So we start phasing me out uh, of full time church staff ministry. We still attend the church that, that I last served at, but I handed it over to uh, my, my intern. He's now the full time youth pastor doing an awesome job. My kids are in his youth group. And uh, I'm a civilian and and we shifted from doing marketing for anybody. You know, we, we, we got good at home services, plumbers, roofers, electricians. Uh, so we just, just took all that and totally perfected the recipe uh, for the local church. So that's, that's the story. That's cool, man. I know the feeling. Uh, I'm not quite a civilian yet. Uh, I'm, I, I'm like 80% civilian, you know, 25 to 50% uh, still in active duty when it comes yeah, to yeah. ministry. Well, yeah, yeah, I still, I do play drums on Sunday mornings and we do, and okay. we volunteer with the kids and the students. So, but, but, you know, no, this is, you know, man, since I was 19 years old, I had never yeah. served at church without a paycheck. And yeah. so, uh, it took a minute to detox from that, but it's actually been pretty good for me as far as just learning to serve and and just serving Absolutely. to serve, not because yeah. of a paycheck. It's yeah, nice. dude. So you have said many times in many different episodes and many different things. You've, I mean, you've you've blasted this a little bit more. Um, I've not heard you say it more in, intuitively on your Instagram, you know, accounts or whatever. But I have heard you say that that being a youth pastor trains you for marketing. Can you, can you elaborate a little bit about that? Yeah. Yeah. It, um, yeah. Nobody ever asked me that, that, but I, I think some people have asked like, so how did, how did you jump from like being a 40 year old youth pastor to having a fairly successful business when you don't know anything about business? Um, and, and I would say that that youth pastor things, and this may be, or, the, the church thing, the church staff thing, uh, that when you feel responsible, especially as a youth pastor for uh, teenagers walking in for the first time, like I was the nerdy kid in youth group and, and I just didn't have many friends. I was the, so I knew what it felt like to walk into a room and no one talked to me and I never forgot what that felt like. So I was always super sensitive to the kids walking into the room or families walking into church for the first time being extremely uncomfortable reading the posters on the wall because no one's talking to them. And so 
I think just most youth pastors I know, most pastors I know, children's pastors, they get really good at making people feel comfortable really quick. And, and that uh, translated into uh, marketing. It translated really well into getting people to trust me enough to handle their marketing. Uh, but all the things that we did in ministry, um, convincing people, especially again, this especially youth ministry, and that, that's just my main experience, but convincing teenagers to give up doing whatever they could be doing on a Wednesday night when we had youth group to come stand in a room and sing songs together and, and listen to me for 30 minutes, talk about the Bible. Like you've got to get good at marketing to convince teenagers to give up Netflix or a date or something. To come sing songs together. Like <laughs> you guys like to come sing and uh, listen to somebody else talk. I know you've been in school all day, um, but it's going to be great. We have pizza. So it, it, you have to get good at marketing to get people to show up to a church service. I think we have pizza. Don't worry. We have pizza. Yeah, you're good. Come on. Pizza is like the go-to for everything. And our youth group industry. is named extreme with no E. It's just an X. So it's X. obviously okay. cool. It's yeah, a, that, it's it, great, man. It, it, you know, so I, yeah, I totally get it. 2000s cheesy youth ministry things we did. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no. I totally understand that. Like I entered, <laughs> I entered, I entered youth ministry like in 2005, 2006, I got out of school, fully had a full-time job in 2009 as a youth pastor. And I, I did all of those cheesy things. Like, dude, I remember I was walking up and down the, the, the street with boxes of pizza in my hand, offering to eat, have these kids come eat dinner. If they just came into the church and listened to me talk for 20 minutes. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. I know that dude, but yeah. I totally know that dude. I know that realm. You and I have got, we're cutting out of the same cloth, just a different batch, man. I know that's, I'm white. Too, and that's too. all marketing. And, and what, what's, what's kind of weird and, and I catch this a lot is in some of the Facebook groups that I'm in that I just kind of chime in and help out or just when we've called people, you know, if they order my book or, um, you know, reach out for, I don't know, express a little bit of interest. Uh, whenever I sometimes engage, there's a good bit of pushback um, against the term marketing. Like, you know, Jesus yeah. wouldn't do marketing. Jesus didn't have a marketing team. And, and so it's like, yeah, but these are the same guys who are doing social media posts, come to church. I mean, they're, they're doing marketing, but it's almost like they don't like the term marketing. So in, in fact, we just have started saying um, we do, we help churches with online outreach. You know, if you don't want to use the word marketing, we'll just use outreach. Everybody seems to be more comfortable with that. Right. No, you, and you know, that's funny marketing. because it is all marketing. I mean, well, you're segueing into a really good piece of the, of the content I want to talk about today is like, there is this, um, uh, maybe it's a stigma that you shan't, you can't operate church as a business. And I totally understand that being a pastor, having done with church politics, having done with church bureaucracy, as well as finances and, and administrational operational things. Like I totally get that, but there is a level of just understanding that in order for your church to thrive, right? Not just theologically and biblically, but for your church to thrive in the community, you have to have a presence and you also have to be known. Like there's a reason why some of these big churches are known and that's because they apply marketing technique, you know, and they actually push themselves out there. So, I mean, that's, that's an interesting thing for me to jump into because we talk about like the digital marketing age, like you have said before on some other podcasts, like 
I think you were talking about how you've explained to your kids, you got to do, you got to do a lot of things through hard work, but it's really easy to be the, the cream that rises to the top, like the bubble that flows to the top. You've talked about that. Like it's easy for us to get noticed now it's in the digital age. It's easy for us to come to the top and actually be recognized and see that. But why do you think churches have a difficulty in doing the same thing? Like, it just seems like for churches, this is a major challenge that they just can't overcome. So why, why is it for easy for us to do, but yet for churches not to? Really good question. I think there's a bunch of answers to that. There's a bunch of reasons. One of the ones I think that, that I probably wrestled with internally the most is ultimately that we know and believe and biblically uh, people are supposed to be reaching other people. And sharing the gospel really is supposed to be relational. And, and I think that we feel like if we bring in other elements, Facebook ads and Google ads, and, and we spend money on, on marketing, I wrestled with that and, and because I felt like I was letting everybody off the hook of evangelism, that, that I was just, I'm doing it for them, we're spending money, and, and that now people won't be as inclined to invite their friends and stuff like that. So, uh, because, because I hear that people will say, no, you know, we need to be sharing the gospel. We're going to let, you know, we just need to preach the word and, and that'll do it. But, uh, it's, I, I'm just of the, uh, belief that people need to be sharing the gospel, uh, with their mouths, with their lives. And we should also be, um, redeeming the internet that is full of garbage and, and evil and using it to share the gospel too. Like, why, let's just use all the tools that we have and and share the gospel. But I just think it sometimes it feels like we're letting people off the hook. Uh, I think it feels a little worldly, maybe. Um, that, that one, one of the, th you know, if we're doing search engine optimization for a church, we're trying to help a church show up on Google because thousands of people are searching for church near me or church in Atlanta. Um, but if you want to be successful at that, you have got to get a fairly steady flow of Google reviews. Uh, and I think some pastors feel icky saying, Hey, would you leave us a Google review? That feels, it feels like we're turning the church. We're operating like a business, which makes a lot of guys uncomfortable. We're, we're doing the same thing that, uh, Longhorn Steakhouse is doing. We're doing the same thing that a plumber's doing and we're trying to promote. And, and I think that just feels weird. And, but if we're going to be a church in 2023 in the United States, that's just the world we live in. And that's how people think. And people are deciding whether or not to come to your church based on how good your website is. If your last social media post was February of 2019, they're probably not because they're vetting you on social media. And, and that's just, we do that with restaurants. We do that with everything and people do it with churches. Absolutely. No, yeah, no. And I, I like that. And that's, that's also a really cool segue too, because like we talk about churches being, you know, and I like the, the, the relational and personal piece because I mean, that's scriptural. That's a whole scriptural thing. Like, but like when we take that and if you just turn that just a little bit, right. Ch churches are about community and they're about being in their community. Right. So they're a community within the community, but they're a community who outreaches to be out and beyond that. And it only makes sense in a digital age, especially when you're looking at building a community of people, whether it be, you know, inside of the church or outside of the church or building up a community of people 
outside of the church. You have to be present where those people are. I mean, that's the that's the old adage for like a brick and mortar, right? Location, location, location. So right. like, it, it, you know, being having a physical presence is just as important as having a digital presence. Presence and that that completely makes sense. So let me hit you with that. Then let's talk a little SEO, right? Let's talk about that search engine optimization because that is a scary three scary words. Like there's a set of terminologies that most people don't know. And in fact, like if you look at it, most churches can't afford to pay someone to do this full time. Right. Like, I mean, you've mentioned that in the past um, on different things I've seen you in, but like, let me ask you, like, what is like one of the most, or maybe a couple of the quick, most important factors for why many churches are missing it when it comes to SEO, like, you know, their website or even in social media. Yeah, there, there's, there's a few things. It is scary, but it is a big deal. You know, like here in Georgia where I am, uh, you know, Google will tell you how many people search whatever phrases you're interested in. So the phrase church near me or any variation of that is searched on average in, in Georgia um, in 2023 about 41, 42,000 times a month. That's a ton. That's a ton of searches. And then so people are pulling up the results. And just like with anything, you're going to go with one of those top three in that that local pack, that that map pack, which maybe you didn't know it was called that, but that's what it is. You go with those, that's where the reviews are. We look at the re reviews. We make sure it's not just the owner leaving a review and, and we pick the one with the best reviews and the most reviews. And I think a lot of people just do the exact same thing with a church. And if, so if we want to reach those people, then we've got to show up at the top. When is the last time you were looking for a pizza place and we're like, let's go with number 17. That one, you know, let, let's do that. No, we go with one of the top three. We go with one of the top three, maybe number four, or number five. Um, and so if I want to reach people online, I've got to be in the top three. And there's a way to get in the top three. It's not fast. It's not easy. And in fact, I was talking with a church yesterday. They look like they're doing everything right. In fact, I'm doing some free SEO for them just because I'm so frustrated that this dude has taken all my advice, all my free advice. He's done everything better than like I want to hire the guy for SEO. He's done that good. And his church is They've been there forever, growing church, and man, they're still like number thirty. Like I think there's in, in that case, there's just got to be something wrong with the website. Is all I can figure. But let's assume that you've got a good website. Um, now, in, in their case, one thing I did find is their website is running super slow, and Google wants your website to load in under one second, which sounds like a little unreasonable, but you know, I know, like I'm impatient. And if a website takes three seconds to load, I'm like, oh, they must be out of business. Their, their website's broken. And, and I back out and go to somewhere else. I think we, we're just conditioned to do that. So you you need to go to somewhere like gtmetrics.com, put your put your web address in there and, and make sure, you ought to do this once a month because things change. You add some video to the homepage and, and it tanks. And if, if you're if your uh, website's not running fast, that's going to hurt uh, your rankings. Um, another, the, the biggest thing a church can do to help their local rankings is get reviews. And, and what we know that Google likes is not a burst of reviews. So you don't want to just like think of it every three months and then and stand up and say, hey, we need some reviews. And you get 12 on a Sunday afternoon after church, and then you don't get any more for four months. You need a steady trickle. So there's got to be some kind of system in place of consistently asking for reviews and, and, you know, two or three a week would be incredible, but you want them consistent and, and kind of a, you want them to kind of drip in. Uh, so reviews are a big deal. 
Another thing, uh, and, and I think I did a social media post about this last week because I think churches are probably notorious for this, um, that, that the big header text at the top of your website, uh, before I knew anything about websites, I did kind of mess around. We had like a Squarespace website or something. And I thought H1 just meant biggest font. H2 meant second biggest font. And which, which is true from a design point that tends to be the case, but that H1 uh, is very important that it, it tags the text and it tells Google what that page is about. And so the H1 is one of the most important things, if not the most important thing about the page that Google uses to figure out what your website is about. So you really need to use that line to tell Google what this page is about. And what churches typically do is use that. The biggest text, the H1 will be, you are welcome here. You know, uh, you belong here, which is nice and sweet and, and warm and fuzzy, but it tells Google nothing. And so it, it, that H1, you can change the font size and you can put it lower on the page. It doesn't have to necessarily be the top thing. You don't want to put it very low, but H1 should be, it should have the keywords in it. It should have church, which, and it should have a location. Uh, so welcome to First Baptist Church of Atlanta, uh, rather than just welcome. Wow. So those are easy to fix. Those are easy to do. Those are easy. Yeah, those are easy. Like hot tips with Chano Wong. Yeah, I, I won't charge you a thing for that. You know. There you go. Hot tips from Faith Marketing. Yeah, Faith Works Marketing. There you go. I love yeah. it. Let's do that. Let's do. You know what? We're gonna jump on Instagram together. We're gonna do a reel. We're gonna do that. We're gonna do hot tips with John Long and Faith Works. And here's your first hot tip of the day: Stop Bring using your H1 header on your website as a welcome. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Bring it on. That's your first setup. Okay. So you have, and I told you, I've stalked you quite a bit, homeboy. Like I know where you, I, I, I know where you live, Jono. Was, that, like, you? was that, <laughs> that was me. That was me. That, that, that was me sending Pokemon cards to your kid. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> but, like, but like inside of this, like you've talked about before uh, why it's important not to leave this kind of thing to a church volunteer. Can you, can you give me a little bit? Cause like churches like <clears throat> church websites are generally they're awful right they're they're not like you said they don't load fast or they just don't have the right text or right content information like but you said don't leave this to a church volunteer why 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 don't we leave it to a volunteer a couple things and let me start by saying this i think a lot of guys who do what i do um tend to come off as hypercritical of the church because we've gotten fairly good at this stuff and we look at all this stuff with a critical eye and and we probably were on a church staff or we volunteered. We were a, a high capacity volunteer. We've stepped out of it. And, and now I think sometimes we can come across as a little bit too critical and forget to remind everybody how much we love the church. And we're doing this, not just, no one's getting rich over here at FaithWorks. You know, I mean, I, my, my yacht is not that huge, you know, it, it's like, I don't, uh, and, and I share, we have a shared private jet. So it's like, no one's getting rich over here. Um, no, I drive a 2012 F-150. Okay. So, um, so, so, you know, I love the church. And so when I'm critical of those types of things, just cause I want it to be better. And okay. So some churches have some really awesome volunteers with, with a lot of capacity to do stuff, but what we see over and over and over is that volunteers have good intentions and especially the young college graduates who haven't found their career yet. 
and they've got about six months where they're looking for a career. They're good with computers. They may have just graduated with a graphic design degree. Um, and, and so they get handed the website, they get handed the social media and they start off strong and it's not very long before they run into something that they are not really sure how to do with. There's some technical issue, you know, uh, incorporating the, the church database with the website or the giving platform, you know, that they run into something there and, and then you end up having to hire somebody anyway. And it's more expensive for me to come in and, and troubleshoot and figure out what's messed up than it is to just build the whole thing uh, to begin with. So, so there's that. And then the other thing is those volunteers have good intentions, but some of these things that we ask them to do, I mean, they're, they're multi-hour a week jobs that require a lot of time. And that college student that's got a little extra free time right now, they're going to find a job in six months. And then you're going to be, you're going to be stuck again. And so, you know, hiring, hiring an agency, hiring somebody part-time, you just, you got to pay somebody for the accountability so you can tell them what you need to do and, and, and hold them accountable for actually doing that. And that's hard to do with a volunteer because they got a life, they're busy and you're not paying them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I mean, we find that to be the case in a lot of small to mid-sized churches where it's, you know, they're, they're, they're tech guys or they're, they're live streaming people or the media directors. They're not all necessarily, you know, paid. This is all a volunteer thing. So they can't, you know, help expand that. And I, and I totally get it. Cause it's the same situation with my church. Like, you know, we, we have people on staff. I'm, I'm a credentialed minister in the assemblies. I'm, I'm technically on staff, but I'm not a paid staff member. So, you know, and I do it out of the kindness and love of my own heart. So yeah, I totally get that. I totally, I'm right there with you. And I, and, and it also makes even more sense of the fact that like having someone who actually has the experience in it, right. Who knows the ins and outs, the pieces and parts and can put the machine back together or at least make the machine work more efficiently, to get to get yeah. the results you're looking for. Yeah. Well, and when, when you, you know, when, when you've got the 23 year old volunteer and they're good and look, everybody, people aren't serving like they should in the church. People should be being trained to serve. And so I don't think we should sub every ministry out in the church to a paid agency. Um, but there are certain things that just aren't volunteer friendly, right? Like you don't need to hire an agency to come in and, and lead your vacation Bible school. You know what I mean? Like we don't need to be, we don't need to hire out discipling our teenagers, but live streaming, like there's people who do that all day, every day for a living. So let's, let's pay Boxcast to help us with that. That there's guys, but the other thing that you get, like, like with us, if you hire us to just handle your social media and that's happening more and more, lots of churches are like, we know we got to do social media, but we hate it. We don't want to fool with it. Will you just do it for us? Um, and, and so, you know, we're pretty affordable but not only are you paying way less than you would pay a part-timer, you're also getting four sets of eyeballs on, on these social posts. Like you, you on our team, you're going to get one um, main designer, uh, but then you're going to have another one of our social media team members chiming in on our project board saying, oh, you should tweak that. You should tweak that. And then you're also going to have, um, you know, a, a, QA, a quality assurance set of eyeballs on that thing. And then, you know, the whole social media team is in a Slack channel talking with each other, <coughs> excuse me, bouncing ideas off each other. So it's a pretty good deal. Um, you know, you, you're getting about four people, honestly, for 
less than you could hire one person part time. I mean, that totally makes sense. And I've seen I've seen churches who have done that successfully, you know, with the new YouTube university on their own. And, and but, you know, it makes sense if you're a smaller organization and you need that help. But like so that that drives me into because you made mention of it. Like there's definitely not people who are like really qualified for this in the church. So, like, can you shed just a little bit of light on applying the marketing strategy to the church and why it makes sense? Like where outside of fixing your website, right? Where should a marketing strategy be really honed in and applied to for that leadership? Because I, I think one of the things that I'm thinking of is like more so why should church leadership make their website, make this a priority in 2023? Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, I mean, th this is no revelation. Everybody's on the internet. Um, everybody <laughs> is on Facebook. Wait, there's an internet. I didn't there's, know this, you know, <laughs> I mean, once <laughs> the internet fad dies out, I mean, we'll go back to paper, right? Uh, right. Exactly. <laughs> white shoots. But, uh, but for now, until this internet fad dies out, right. That's where we are. Uh, even, even Facebook, I, every discover, every call I have, uh, or, you know, at least a couple times a week, you know, people are trying to reach young families and they're like, do we really even need to bother with Facebook? And I'm like, yeah, hundred percent, especially like Gen Z is all, they're all hopping. My, my senior in high school daughter loves Facebook now. Like, like back on mother's day, she decided like Facebook is awesome. And then my daughter in college, she's now on Facebook. And, and so, um, so to ignore, like to, to just kind of post and throw stuff out there uh, with your social media, you're lucky if 10, if Facebook shows your post to 10% of the people that you're that already follow your page. And the 10% that they're going to show it to are the people that the algorithm has picked up, engage with your stuff. They like it. They share it. They already, they already know about the event. They already know about the men's breakfast next Saturday because they're engaged with the page. So if you're trying to reach new people with social media, you have to give Facebook some money. You've got to run some ads and it is easy to waste money on ads. And this is why a lot of churches don't want to do it. I saw a post this morning in a social media manager's Facebook group Somebody asked, how much do you spend on Facebook ads every month? And everybody was almost proudly saying zero. And I'm like, man, you're, you're missing out because if you do it right and you do some retargeting, um, then, then it, it works. Otherwise, you wouldn't get served ads all day on social media by every company on the planet. If it didn't work, people that, that's like... It's like Super Bowl commercials. Or I can't believe people spend like a million dollars for a 30 second video. It's like, well, these, these guys aren't idiots. They wouldn't do it if it didn't work. So I think everybody ought to be running Facebook ads and, and you ought to learn something about it or hire someone uh, to do it that knows what you're doing because it is easy to waste money. Uh, Google gives a grant to run ads and, and I mean, to leave all that free money, $10,000 a month from Google in free ad credit to leave that on the table and not do anything with it. It's crazy to so me. Go, go into that. What is a Google ad grant? Like, what is this thing that you keep toting everywhere that I've seen you, like, at, you know, all the social media things that you do and on your eyes' own, like, physical website talking about your guys' company? Like, what is this thing called a Google ad grant? And why is it important right now? Why should a church care about that? Yeah. So everybody has seen a Google ad. When you have looked for a plumber, you have seen these sponsored posts at the top of, of Google. and. Right. Those plumbers are telling Google, they're giving Google a hundred bucks a day. And they say, Hey, I want you to show me at the top. And when someone types in these keywords like plumber or water heater repair, I want you to show my business. Cause I know that people are on Google. And 
if people if people are searching for a plumber, they need a plumber. It's not like Facebook where they were watching Trump videos or Joe Biden videos and you interrupted them. There's intent behind Google ads. And so where these plumbers have to pay out of pocket, because every time someone clicks on their ad, every time you click on that plumber's ad or that lawyer's that lawyer's ad, Google is charging them 10, 12, 15. If they're a personal injury lawyer, maybe even up to $100 or more. I mean, it, it can get crazy. Um, and so they, they, they're paying out of pocket for that with a church, with a 501 C three, any nonprofit churches included, you get approved by Google and then they will award you a $10,000 ad credit credit. Like I get calls all the time, like, Hey, we need this. Can we buy a church van with this Google ad? grant? <laughs> no, no. They're like, we need, we're trying to build a new building. Can we, how do we get that $10,000? Like, no, it's for Google ads. Instead right. of putting a credit card on file, Google foots the bill. Um, but I love the idea of taking Google's resources because we know what they do with their resources. I mean, it's oh, yeah. So the idea of taking those resources and using them to build the kingdom and to share the gospel, uh, I love that idea. And again, if someone sees those ads, it's because they're looking for a church. If you're running some ads about, hey, come to our church, they're looking for a church. Um, the other thing that we'll do with the ads is, uh, we'll run, we'll, we'll create pages on a website uh, with a, with a sermon video on there and an outline of the sermon uh, and an invitation to church. And, and if the sermon is about humility, you know, we'll run ads about humility because people are like, how do I help my husband be more humble? And so, so that drives traffic to those pages. <laughs> they watch the video and they're like, Hey, this is pretty cool. I like this guy. Let's, let's go check this out. And and so you got to get, it is, it is hard to spend 10,000 a month. Uh, on is it? Yeah. In fact, I would say half of the clients that come to us already have the ad grant and they've had it for three or four months. They've been, they, they thought, yeah, we're not going to pay anybody to do this. We'll do it ourselves. And then they spend about 50 bucks a month. And so they come to us a few months later, frustrated saying, yeah, we can't get, we, we don't know what's going on. This thing's not spending any money whatsoever. And can you help? And so then that's where, you know, it'll, it'll take us a few months to dial it in, but you know, then we'll get it up. It's pretty close. If not, all the way to $10,000. Wow. See, I was just getting ready to ask you about that for just like a kind of like a spinoff question, like a follow-up on that. Like it's $10,000. Like I, and, and if you take that and that's a month, right? That credit's a month, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. A month. A month. So that's, that's 120,000 a year in literal free marketing paid ad grant systems. Like that's an insanity amount of money. So, I mean, if you can imagine every church in America, like, what it what what do we have like close to twelve thousand churches in America yeah, yeah. that I, I that know. that have some sort of face like actual presence online? That's an insane amount of money a year for church. Like if every church got approved for this, that would be like just imagine that's like spreading it the word all oh, yeah. over the place. Like yeah. that's a crazy amount of money. So you're saying that it's really hard for a church to spend that if they're doing it the wrong way. Right. If they're doing it the right way, the tools become a lot simpler and easier to manage. And then you start to see progress with those Google ad grants. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Google ads, though, the Google ads and Facebook ads, but even more so Google ads, they're just not set them and forget them type things. They're, right. They're, you, you can't think of it like a billboard or a newspaper ad where you have it designed you, you, and then you throw it out there and let, let's see what happens uh, with, with Google ads. We're going to we're going to we're going to design. We're going to write dozens of headlines and dozens of body texts 
and dozens of little options that Google calls things like extensions, like little links to the websites and stuff. And, and so then once you've done all that, you literally end up with hundreds of combinations of headlines and extensions and text. Mm. And so what we've got to do, and this is why, you know, this is how one of the ways that we operate and we feed our families is that somebody like us needs to go in there and spend some time every week looking and seeing which combinations are working, which are not get rid of the ones that are not start making more like the ones that are working right. and, and, and optimize making things better. And, and so the other part is the, the ads, whatever the ads talk about, the page that they link to on your website has to talk about that. Has so that's the same thing, right? You've got ads about humility. If you've got ads about um, fun things to do for your kids, fun, free things to do for your kids this summer, which is a great idea, a great ad campaign for a church because every mom's looking for free stuff for their kids. <laughs> you, you need to link that. You need to build a page on your website. That's all about free things you can do this summer with your kids um, and, and have your kids ministry calendar you know we, we we got mom's morning out we got vacation bible school we got sports camp all this free stuff for my kids and run ads for it right so would you think so again this is like a spinoff question just coming to my head as we're talking because i mean the content on this is like primo like helping churches get that piece of the puzzle right would you think that churches should be running blogs on their website that link into this content or what, what would your suggestion on that be yeah yeah whether it's a blog or a landing page um i we, we know that Google likes new content going on the website. Some of that are blog posts. Some right. of that are just landing pages about, you know, um, if you're trying to reach, uh, if you've got little surrounding communities that people will drive from, you need to write a page about, about that little town. You may be in city A, uh, but a lot of people from city B right next door come to your church. Well, you need some content about city B on, on your website. Mm. And, mm. um, and, and so I think blogging is good. The, the thing where that can help the most is if, if the plan of visit page, if you've got a plan of visit page on your website and you want to write some blogs, let's say on that plan of visit page, you've got, you're, you're answering questions. What do I wear? What do you have for my kids? Uh, what do you have for my teenagers? Where do I park? Right. All those things. Um, well, you need a couple blog posts that support each of those things. Um, you could do a blog post all about how we're, we are cool with casual clothes on a Sunday morning. And here's five reasons we think it's okay to wear jeans to church. Right. You need a link in that blog post over to your plan of visit page that talks about how we're cool if you wear jeans. And, and so you want blogs that, that point to other pages on your website that you want Google to yeah. serve the people. Yeah. Because Google yeah. ranks pages, not websites. Right, right, right. Exactly. Yeah. Cause it's not a it's not a website in a whole. It's the individual pages Page. linked on that, right? Yeah. And Google, Google eats all of that content up like they're cookies with milk, man. I mean, it's just yeah. it's they gobble that up. So that makes a lot of sense. Wow. Some really good insight here, man. And I don't want to take too much into like I, I want to leave a lot of this for like when people want to come talk to you or if we have questions and we can jump out and have our users help you or anybody who's watching this really jump out and hurt you. So, yeah. And like talk with you about that. So let me ask you a couple of real brief things, um, you know, especially about how we can center in on, on, on faith works marketing, right? So where are you guys at? How can they reach out to you? Where can they find you? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, 
Um, the easiest thing is go to our website, faithworksmarketing.com, you know, reach out. Um, we've got a chat feature. There's a million ways. My calendar's on there. You can schedule um, a time to talk with me and, and I'll talk to anybody. Um, you know, I, when we, when we give all this free advice away, you know, there, there's a lot of people who will take it and like, okay, I'm going to do something with that. Right. And then there's a lot of people who are going to hear it like, yeah, that's cool. I ain't got time for that. And then there's some who are going to say, yeah, that's important. And, but I don't have time for it. And I'd like you to do it. So, you know, we're not for everybody. Uh, we love it when people do their own stuff. I love talking shop. I spent 30 minutes with a guy yesterday who I, I, I know they're not going to hire us. Um, and, but I want to help them, you know? So, yeah. so yeah, if you need help, uh, reach out. And um, I, I wrote this book church near me. Uh, you can get it for free at churchnearmebook.com. And I mean, everything we've talked about is in there. And, and so it's kind of a, it's kind of a how to guide, to improve your social media, how to run some Facebook ads, how to run some Google ads and, and how to do some uh, local search engine optimization for your church. So if you carve out 30 minutes a week and, and follow some of the stuff in the book, you'll be on your way to a pretty good online presence. All right. I'm ordering 120,000 copies right now. So please we're, do, we're, please we're do. On, we're on I get top seven of cents. For every <laughs> book you order. So <laughs> well, there we go, me, man. That'll give me a tank of gas. That'll, that'll get, yes. Now, now today it will get you a tank of gas. Now for your yacht, I don't even know. I mean, I, well, <laughs> so it I really don't worry does. about the yacht. Beauregard takes care of all that. He, <laughs> he handles it. It's, I don't have time to be bothered with that. I love it. I love it, man. I love it. Where are you at on uh, Instagram, uh, Facebook? Like if anybody wants to reach out to you through there, where can, where can we find you there? Yeah, it's all just search John O'Long, J-O-N-O. It's like Bono with a J. He said, well, on Facebook, they made me use my real name, which is Jonathan. So search Jonathan Long. Um, Jonathan. But, but there, if you go to johnolong.com, um, which is another SEO thing, I, um, I only have that website for SEO purposes, but all of my social media links are on there, johnolong.com. Uh, but back to the SEO thing, with, with the blog posts especially, you want those blogs attributed to an authority because right. everything on Google is they, they've got this formula. It's called E E A T eat. Uh, and, and so they're looking for expertise. Um, they're looking for uh, experience, authoritativeness and trust, trustworthiness. And so, you know, to have a website that's all about you. And if you've written something, if you've written a book or whatever, and then you're over here on your church blog, writing blog posts, you want to make sure that there is an author assigned to that blog post so that Google starts to pick up on, Hey, he's got some experience, some expertise, authority. We can, people trust him. They're sharing his stuff and, mm. and, and connect all those dots to this johnolong.com. But he's also the author of blog posts on faithworksmarketing.com. He's got this book over here on amazon.com. So uh, Google is, is smart, but it's still a dumb robot. So you want to help them connect all those dots and start to realize that you're somebody who can be trusted and and then you start doing much better uh, organically on Google. Man, so much good stuff here, Jono. So much good stuff. Wow. But I can't I can't get into any more of it with you today, although I really want to just because of the fact that you've got such a, a great handle on this. And I know your company's got a really great handle on this. So I well, do want to thank you. Anytime, man. 
Yeah, dude. No, we're we're totally gonna have to have you back, and we're gonna probably narrow down on a couple of these things where we're we're getting in the nitty gritty. But like, dude, this is so good. But I don't like. I know you got things to do today. You know, Boxcast got things to do today too. But I, I'm just, dude. I'm like 100 legit grateful for your time. Like, it. I I learned a few things that are going to help me better my church as well. And that's what I'm hoping here. That's why we do this podcast now is like, we we're not doing it for views or gains, but we're just trying to help people in the church world get better. And that way they can do what they need to do by reaching their community and being engagement. So I'm grateful for your time, man. Thank you so much for being with us today. Absolutely, man. I had a blast and I hope that uh, this helps everybody who's listening and um, that they find something valuable. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, listen, that's the end of this episode with John O'Long at FaithWorks Marketing. Man, whew, I'm a little, I'm getting out of here, man. It's a hot in here because of how much information he was throwing out. But listen, all the links are going to be in the description. We'll have all that information down below for you to link out to to find it so that way you can get a hold of him. Again, faithworksmarketing.com is the website. John along on most of the social media stuff. Listen, if you are in need of help with your website, whether it's with the SEO generation or not, please check out the links down below in the description for BoxCast sites. We got some awesome details and we even give you a little walkthrough on how to get there. If you have any questions, please reach out to us. We're more than happy to help. And as always, we will see you on the next one and happy streaming.